0: Today's episode contains music that comes from Incompetech, a royalty-free audio music track website that allows you to use music tracks for free. All you have to do is go to Incompetech, browse which type of genre you think would work best, download, and use it for your podcast or for whatever project that you're working on. The only thing you have to do is that you must give credit to the website, but in my eyes, that's a win-win. You can't go wrong, so be sure to check out Incompetech and check out the music tracks for yourself. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode on the Hipster Mom Podcast. If you're a first time listener to the show, I personally want to say welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to listen. It's my sincere hope that you will find something useful, enlightening, or entertaining. Before we begin the episode, I wanted to take a quick moment to say that I'm super happy to announce that I have 38 listeners that listen to this podcast. I know that may not seem like a large number, but when you're a busy college student like myself and you upload when your schedule allows it, then it's a victory in my eyes. I'm super thankful and grateful for the listeners that have stuck it out so far. Also, I have begun to think of ideas of how I can be more interactive with listeners and future listeners. So I would like to invite you to a Q&A. I'm just curious about what kind of questions you would like to ask me. And on here, nothing is off limits. If you would like to be a part of this Q&A segment, send me your questions to the Hipster Mom podcast at gmail.com. I will be sure to include the email in the show notes and I'll select a few questions to answer. I have my drink of coffee and creamer with me, so I'm ready to talk with you. Feel free to grab a drink, whether it be a tea, water, or even a coffee, and let's talk. Without further ado, let's get on with today's episode. I would like to begin the episode with two things: an apology and a potentially triggering topic, mental health. I would like to apologize for not being able to upload a final episode for the podcast when I was reading ghost stories for the month of October. I had every intention of recording some more Creepy Pasta stories as well as other spooky occurrences that took place in Minnesota for a Halloween episode. However, my schedule simply did not allow me to do so, and I apologize for that. I just feel that it was super unprofessional of me, and I should have just said from the get-go that I would not be be able to upload a Halloween episode. I hope that you will forgive me. Secondly, I would like to talk about mental health. Most people know that prepping for the holidays can cause a lot of mental strain especially if you're someone who is taking on the hosting duties for this Thanksgiving. There is also the mental strain of accepting more than one Thanksgiving invitation and the feeling that you have to be in two, three, or many other places at once. It's not a good way to approach the holidays and I'm thankful that my family's Thanksgiving was much more simplified this year. I only attended one Thanksgiving and that was at my mom in my stepdad's house this year. My husband had to work, but thankfully he gets holiday pay and he also got to partake in his own Thanksgiving potluck at his workplace. So that kind of took the sting out of not being able to attend our Thanksgiving. So I was asked to contribute a Thanksgiving dish and I ended up making a green bean casserole. This is such a classic dish and it's super easy to make. There are so many different ways that you can make green bean casserole, which I was really shocked by that, but I decided to stick with just my tried and true recipe that I found on the back of a Campbell's soup can label. I love that they included recipes and that they always include recipes, especially if you're stuck in a recipe rut and you'd like to try something different. I think that making holidays as simplistic as possible is one way that can help anyone's mental health. I've heard of people who have relatives that are out of state and they will do what they call a Friendsgiving. I think this is a great way to celebrate the holidays and I would like to actually try a Friendsgiving someday. I'm curious if anybody has actually tried this or if anybody has the same holiday meals at a Friendsgiving. they would have at their relative's house. But if anyone has had a Thanksgiving, they should email me and let me know how the ritual runs. Anyway, let's get back to the topic on mental health. I decided to do some research, and according to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, there have been reports that indicate that while some people feel the holidays let them out of their funk, others report feeling the opposite. This tends to ring true as some people have reported feeling anxious and depressed during the holiday season. Reports from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America have found that holiday parties are a common stressor and parties can bring up a lot of anxiousness with those who suffer from anxiety, particularly social anxiety disorder. The ADAA website offers a few tips on how to de-stress, which I found to be helpful. Number one, take the pressure off of yourself. Number two, most people aren't paying much attention to you. Three, identify your specific concerns. Number four, don't look for relief in alcohol or drugs. Five, smile and make eye contact and ask questions. And number six, choose to say no. The first one I thought was a great topic to start with as we do tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves during the holiday season. I've heard many people state that they just wanted to make sure that their families had a perfect Thanksgiving or Christmas and seeing that we're just going to be heading into back to back holidays. I thought this made absolute sense to start talking about this. The only thing I have to say to those worries that people might be having is that if their family members don't enjoy the holidays together, then that's on their family members. Hypothetically speaking, if someone decides to host a holiday get-together at their home and if their family members didn't enjoy it, then that's on them. Especially if you know that you went above and beyond to ensure that you had everything stocked up for your family members. I'm not saying that all families are like this, but it does seem like there is always that one family out there. If that is your family, I'm sorry, and I'm sending hugs, peace, love, and positive vibes your way. Overall, don't put too high of expectations on yourselves or others as you'll feel let down if things don't play out exactly like you expect them to. The second point that the ADAA made was interesting because when we enter the room with all of our family members in it, it does seem like their eyes are on us at all times. However, the website points out that most people in the room are wondering what you're thinking of them. I know that it will take a lot for those who have social anxiety, but just approaching someone and paying a simple compliment can make the world of difference for someone this holiday season. It's never too late to show your anxieties who is really in control of your life, and that someone is you. The third point that the ADAA makes is identifying specific concerns, such as being afraid that you'll say the wrong thing. I know that I'm guilty of worrying over this, especially if I might say something that rubs somebody the wrong way. These topics can range from anything that is potentially triggering for others. And these can range from topics for like politics, vaccinations, or holistic remedies. These are just to name a few. It's important to know that you're talking to people about these and that when you are and that they may not always agree with everything you have to say, you just have to understand that that's okay. You just also have to remember that there is a way to have a civil conversation and respectfully agree to disagree. The fourth point from the ADAA is avoiding relief in alcohol or drugs. It's very tempting to try to take the edge off at holiday parties, and I'm not saying that you can't have a drink or two, but it's not worth it to drink to excess. Also, there is the potential that drugs and alcohol can actually make anxiety worse and it's even been shown to make people who have panic attacks to just trigger them even more. Overall, if you can avoid these substances, then do it because your mental health is so much more than just being able to drink or even doing drugs this holiday season, which I hope that that's not what you plan to do anyway, but then again, I don't have any say over what happens in your life, but I just hope that you'll try and stay healthy during this holiday season. The fifth point, is to smile and make eye contact this is a very good thing to do and most people like to talk about what is going on in their lives in fact asking them about their holiday plans can open up a healthy discussion about what they plan to do you can even ask how their kids are doing if they have children and you can always ask about what kind of books they're reading lately Most people like to read, and you can talk about the books that you've been reading as well, such as telling them about maybe a new sci-fi book that you're reading, or even the latest nonfiction book. It just all depends on what you like to read or what your preferences are. Another thing to keep in mind is to steer clear of any topics that may lead to stress like politics, religion, or any other heated discussions, like I had mentioned previously. And I'm putting emphasis on this, unless... You know that you can keep a level head during the conversation. The sixth and final point is that you can choose to say no. Let me say that louder for the people in the back. You can say no. This step is crucial for mental health as it seems that we can overschedule ourselves during the holidays. You have the right to decline invitations to events that you know are going to cause you mental stress. You also have the right to eliminate some traditions that may cause more stress than joy. Now, let's talk about managing your mental health. There are many approaches to maintaining this to the best of your abilities. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, They talk about staying in therapy, mindfulness, not relying on alcohol and drugs, soaking up some sun, and setting realistic expectations. If you are in therapy right now, then it's wise to not cancel your therapy sessions to make time for other activities. In fact, holidays can bring up tough emotions if you're able to. Keep your therapy sessions to ensure that you have time to explore anything that might come up. I say might in quotations because not everyone experiences stress the same way that others do. Mindfulness is another practice that the National Alliance on Mental Illness brings up, and it's considered to be a valuable mental wellness tool. Meditation can be a great practice, especially if you're traveling to an unusual place or traveling on a schedule that is not usually of your own. They recommend a mindfulness toolkit, which comes from the University of Southern California, and this includes guided meditations for beginners. I like the idea of meditation, as I know that this is a common practice in yoga. If you'd like to incorporate this into your holiday schedule, you can definitely do that. The website also talks about avoiding alcohol and drugs, and while it may seem appealing to, and I quote from the ADAA, to take the edge off, end quote, it's not worth it. In fact, according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, there is a 20% overlap between people with anxiety and other mood disorders and substance abuse disorders. These substances can make symptoms of these disorders worse. If you're looking for some type of relaxation device, please turn to a mindfulness meditation or other healthy coping mechanism. Mechanisms. Soaking up some sun came up and I have heard the knowledge of how people's moods are affected when they don't soak up enough vitamin D. This can get really bad during the winter months and right now where I live we are officially in the winter season. Some people struggle with depression during the winter months and this has something to do with the major depressive disorder with a seasonal pattern. This is described as recurrent episodes of depression in late fall and winter and this alternates with periods of normal mood the rest of the year. The website mentions that having exposure to bright lights, including fluorescent lights can help with easing symptoms. They also mentioned that even spending time in nature has many benefits for both physical and mental health. Spending time in nature has shown that there is a reduction in inflammation, stress relief, and better concentration. I will be sure to include the link for this type of depressive disorder. If you would like to take a look at it, this website also talks about setting realistic expectations for yourself. Examining accomplishments from the past year can be a source of depression and Stress, as well as anxiousness. This can range from feeling that you're not in a place where you feel that you should be in life, and I'm guilty of feeling like this as well. The best way to try to get out of this slump is to adjust your expectations and set realistic goals. For example, you want to reach a fitness goal, but you just don't know which route to take. One of the best things that you can do is starting off slow by taking power walks every morning, and then you can gradually start with running. It's always best to start off slow, than to rush headlong into something, and then crashing and burning as a result. Finally, let's move on to some self-care tips. I know that I'm guilty of not always practicing self-care in the ways that I know that I should. However, it's important to know that there is no set time frame for your self-care. You can always resume when you need it most. For me, my self-care tactics are different than someone else's. My self-care tips range from diffusing essential oils, drinking tea, or a hot cup of coffee, reading a book, or even working on this podcast. It's my creative outlet, and it's something that means a lot to me. I don't think I'd still be working on this podcast if I didn't think it'd bring me joy. There is one article that I found on psychologytoday.com, and it talked about 12 self-care tips that you can incorporate into your daily lives. They're listed as follows. or Make sleep part of your self-care routine. Take care of yourself by taking care of your gut. Exercise daily as part of your self-care routine. Eat right for self-care. Say no to others and say yes to your self-care. Take a self-care trip. Take a self-care break by getting outside. Let a pet help you with your self-care. Take care of yourself by getting organized. Cook at home to take care of yourself. Read a book on self-care for self-care. And finally, scheduling your self-care time and guard that time with everything that you have sleeping. Oh boy, I love sleep. But then again, what parent doesn't love sleep? It's seriously a great addition to self-care. We don't often think that sleep is a part of that, but by not getting enough sleep, we are wreaking destruction on our bodies and that's not good for us. One tip that they recommend is to reduce stress as much as you can by keeping your room free of distractions. This means that you shouldn't have a laptop, a cell phone, or anything else by your bedside that can distract you from sleep. Room darkening curtains also help with staying asleep without waking up too early. Taking care of your gut makes sense as the foods that we consume can wreak havoc on our systems. If anything, this can lead to sickness and that's not what needs to happen. Exercising daily is crucial because it helps physically and mentally. Exercise has been known to help boost your mood and reduce stress and anxiety. The other added benefit is that it helps to shed any extra weight that you're hoping to drop. However, you have to find the workout routine that will work best for you. Eating right is another way to practice self-care. I'm a big believer that whatever you put into your body will either help it or affect it greatly. Bad eating habits will either contribute to diseases like diabetes or contribute to weight gain, but food also has the power to keep us alert and our minds focused. And according to Psychology Today, eating foods that are right for your body will help with short term memory loss and inflammation and long term effects on the brain and the rest of the body. One other thing that Psychology Today and the ADAA have in common is that they both encourage you to say no. Psychology Today acknowledges the fact that saying no can be hard, but if you're already stressed and overworked. Saying yes to our loved ones, or co-workers for that matter, can lead to burnout, anxiety, and irritability. Practice may be needed in order to say no, but once you do this and politely say no, you will be able to feel a sense of empowerment, and as a result, you will have the time to thoroughly practice self-care. I don't like to say no, but when I'm already feeling taxed on emotional energy, then it's worth it to say no. After all, you can't be there for the people who matter most if you're not taking care of yourself. Another thing that I loved that Psychology Today took the time to acknowledge is taking a self-care trip. This can make a huge difference in your life and getting away for a weekend every now and then will help you relax, disconnect, and rejuvenate. However, it's important to understand that not everyone can get away for a weekend as this can be a result of a trip being too costly or whatever the circumstances may be. Day trips are the next best thing and you can go over to the next town and go sightseeing or go camping once the weather permits. I'm not sure if I have any listeners who have better weather than what we have going on here but if you can go camping then go ahead and do it get your wanderlust on and see things that you don't normally get to see all the time another act of self-care is getting outside in nature or just being outside in general there have been numerous studies that show that being outside will reduce fatigue depression and burnout this can also help you sleep better at night and there has been another study that shows that there is a reduction in cancer cells when you're out in nature there's a podcast episode from the wild with Chris Morgan, and he talked about forest bathing. This has been shown to reduce cancer cells in patients that are prone to cancer and it helps to reduce depression symptoms and other added benefits. I will be sure to add this podcast in the show notes if you would like to listen to that episode. I love the pet idea and I have a pet myself. I have a pet dog and there has been numerous studies that show that pets as well as service dogs can help reduce blood pressure. There is also a way of distracting yourself by taking care of something that needs to be taken care of. They also give you love and companionship and help to reduce anxiousness. In fact, soldiers have been given service dogs when they have suffered from PTSD and other issues related to this. I think any way to make veterans' lives easier, the better. Getting organized is another thing that you can do to practice self-care, and there might be a chance that this is on your to-do list. It's never too late to start getting organized, and by doing so, you allow yourself to figure out exactly what you need to do. This can range from keeping track of important things in a calendar or in a planner in which you can write down responsibilities and appointments. Organizing can also be related to just organizing your clothes or other items in your home. This can be done by designating a special place for either your purse, backpack, or even briefcase for that matter. Cooking, for some, can be a source of anxiousness, but it doesn't have to be. Cooking at home can be therapeutic and cooking something at home doesn't mean popping a pre-made meal in the microwave. That doesn't count. I mean, actually cooking something from scratch, and after the meal is done, you can appreciate it that much more. It's also important to make sure that you're consuming meals that contains the right amount of calories and nutrients that your body needs. If you only cook once a week, then make sure you create a healthy meal at home. There are meal delivery services such as HelloFresh and Blue Apron, and while your pocketbook may not allow it, you can always try it one time and just see if it's something you'd like to invest in the future. Reading is self-care in itself, but it's also nice to get a refresher on what self-care is and to see other ideas that might work for you. I agree with psychology today when they say that everyone is more likely to turn to their phones for entertainment and comfort such as scrolling through Instagram and other news feeds. However, this can contribute to anxiousness instead of helping it. Reading a book is best because this can help alleviate stressful feelings that you may have or that you may be experiencing at that current time. Books on self-care are best and you can learn how to best care for yourself in your needs. Another thing that may surprise you is that you tend to resort to your phone less and it can make you more aware of the moment that's taking place. Final tip that psychologytoday.com brings up is about scheduling time for your self-care and sticking to it. If you're a mom and an entrepreneur or somebody who is always on the go, it can be hard to find time for yourself. I'm especially guilty with this as there's times that I get so wrapped up in being in the college student mode, as I call it, that I forget to take care of myself. Some of the ways that I do self-care is taking a bath with Himalayan bath salts, essential oils, and bubble bath liquid. You can always do yoga or even... even taking the time to go to a coffee shop just to catch up with friends. There's always something that can be done to incorporate a time for yourself, even if it's taking 15 minutes out of your day or waking up early to get your me time. This is something that I know that most moms do because that's how they guard their self-care with everything that they have. Hey, anything that you can do to protect your sanity, Do it. Your mental health is so important this holiday season, so please take care of yourselves. The most important takeaways that I hope that you get out of this episode is that take time for yourself. It can be doing something creative, such as painting, drawing, or playing music. If you still feel the need to actually talk to somebody, then go talk to a licensed professional. They can help you come up with a plan that is customized for you. And after all, no one knows what you need more than you do, and you have to show up for yourself in order to show up for others. Anyway, that is all that I have for today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's show. Be sure to rate and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to email me for a Q&A segment at my email, thehipstermompodcast at gmail.com. I will be back as soon as I can to talk about my graduation date, which is coming up on December 14th. I just got my uh, graduation gown in the mail, so I'm super excited. I really am just, <laughs> I can't say it enough. I'm just just super excited. I can't wait to graduate with my bachelor's degree. It's literally so close now that the light is literally at the end of the tunnel. Until then, keep living your best life. Peace.